Hey everybody, it's Eric Torenberg, co-founder, partner of Village Global, a network-driven venture firm. And this is Venture Stories, a podcast covering topics relating to tech and business with world-leading experts. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Village Global Venture Stories. I'm here today joined by a very special guest, Anthony Nardini of the On Deck team. Anthony, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much, Eric. So Anthony, you, you've recently joined the OnDeck team to lead the OD50 program. What, why don't you define what, what is the program? What's OD50? Sure. Um, OD50 is the OnDeck First 50 Fellowship. Um, I think of it as at OnDeck, we're building an ecosystem and a community around early stage startups, um, beginning with the Founder Fellowship, which is uh, something that I was in over the summer. Um, extending to the Angel Fellowship to help these companies raise capital, the Writers Fellowship to help companies get their message out. And then the On Deck First 50 Fellowship is really recognizing the fact that as companies raise capital, the, the next thing they need is to hire. Um, and so we're building a community of some of the most talented people who want to be early hires at startups. And, and, and by way of introduction, why don't you talk about what you were working on before OD50 that, that led you up to uh, up this point and thinking that it's a, a big opportunity? Definitely. Um, I spent my career in a really different environment. Um, I worked at uh, Goldman Sachs for 11 years. I joined right after college and just ended up staying for a long time. Um, my last couple roles there had big people management components to them. And the part that I ended up loving was really around how to help people figure out their career trajectories and journeys. And um, that was kind of also a self-reflection for me of like, what am I looking for in my career? And so when I left last year, it was really with this mindset around, I know I want to do something that helps people get better jobs. Like, that is my personal mission. Um, and so I've tried a couple different iterations of that. Most recently, um, for the majority of this year, I've been building a company called Get Your Next Career, where we train recruiters to become career coaches. And they do it as their side hustle. And we help job seekers on a one-on-one -on -one basis. And the biggest theme I was seeing is people trying to pivot from um, either, let's say, finance, consulting, accounting, law, big companies, and trying to pivot into startups, or people who are already in the startup ecosystem who wanted to be intentional about their next step, as opposed to just going and joining a friend's company. And so um, joining the OnDeck team... Um, it was kind of a great opportunity for me to be able to focus on a lot of the learnings and the things that I've loved doing in Get Your Next Career, but just have a much bigger impact being under OnDeck's umbrella. Let's talk about that a, a little bit. What are some of the challenges that employees have when they're thinking about th their next move in terms of preventing them from, from taking the leap? I think that there are a couple of things that prevent people from leaving. Some of them are, uh, some of them are just kind of comfort around this idea of even if they complain about what they're doing, they still feel comfort comfortable with the people, the culture, the processes of the company that they're in. And so I think it prevents people from deciding that they're going to make the jump. And then there's another piece of not sure what they actually want to do next. So in the absence of having a direction, it's just kind of a continual focus on like, well, I'll just stay with inertia. I'll stay doing what I'm doing now. And it's hard to figure that out, to figure out what you actually want next in your career, and then to actually obtain it, to go through the process of meeting with people, building a network, telling a story that is convincing to the person on the other side of the table to understand what um, a job seeker can offer and what they can do for this other company, um, especially when it's leaving the home that they maybe have been in for a while in their current environment. 
Totally. What about people who are trying to pivot into into startup industry from from somewhere else or into technology from from another industry? What advice do you give them or what, what challenges do they uniquely face? I think the biggest one is trying to figure out how to explain to other people what they bring to the table. So when I meet with job seekers for the first time, one of the standard things that comes up in the conversation is they will give me a version of their story and their background. And oftentimes it'll be, if it's somebody trying to pivot into tech and startups, it's with the lens of wherever they're coming from. And we need to tell, help that person tell a different story, tell a story that somebody in the startup community is going to respond to and will understand about their background. Um, I was talking to somebody the other day who um, described a big part of their role as navigating committee meetings and bureaucracy of a big organization. Now, there are elements of that experience which can be really valuable to a startup. However, describing that as a, an important piece of somebody's job is never going to resonate. And so it's helping people tell a convincing narrative. And I think the couple of ways to do that, I think most successfully that I've seen with, with people trying to pivot, first is practicing a lot of times, um, kind of a two to three minute pitch. Um, it can be a little cringeworthy, but watching ourselves on video, sharing it with some friends for some brutally honest feedback before talking to um, potential hiring managers or people you're networking with. And then the second thing to have ready is what I call the will. Um, this is the what I'm looking for. 60 second pitch, which is almost always going to be a version of the second question that you get asked um, when you're meeting with somebody. So first, it's tell me about yourself. And second, it is tell me what you're looking for. Or um, what are you trying to achieve? How can I help? And having a really specific wilf or what I'm looking for pitch will help get other people to be able to know how they can help you. Because you've explained what you're looking for and what you bring to the table. For people who are like, I don't even know how to think about what, what I'm looking for. What, what frameworks or what's, what, how, how do you help people narrow that down? And I, I know you've done some career coaching as well. Absolutely. Um, so a couple of things. First, I think it is important to think about the dimensions of a job search. Um, so I think of four dimensions for somebody's job search. First is industry. Second is job function. Third is company stage and size. And then fourth is location. Um, everybody had, everybody who has already had a job. So people who are, skilled in some way, will have versions of those four dimensions that they like and dislike. And then they'll have some non-negotiables. So like those, for some people, may be around location. For others, could be around industry, things that they're just not going to go outside because that's not what they want. So I think first, it's defining for yourself what are those things. And then through a really intentional and thoughtful networking process, refining your feelings about each of those four dimensions. And I think there's lot, there are lots of online resources. Um, I think amazing medium articles you can find that people have written about different aspects of the job search or about um, the industries or job functions you might want to target in a different space. But there's no substitute for having intentional conversations. And um, that's especially true if you're thinking about early stage startups. Um, it's really hard to know what you're looking for until you talk to people who have gone through the process and really like find a community of those people. And, and that's what we hope to provide with uh, with OD50. So, so talk a little bit about who, who is the right person to go through the uh, the program? What, what is the archetype or who, who is not the right person? Definitely. So there are two profiles of people who we envision will kind of form the core of OD50. Um, the first group are the ones we've been talking about just now, the people trying to pivot from something into tech and startups. So I think of this as ranging from, let's say, your consultant who's looking for an operations job at a company 
to your banker who's looking to move into fintech, but then also thinking more broadly, like the person who does, let's say, enterprise sales as a, at a big Fortune 500 and is trying to figure out how do they build the sales organization from scratch at an earlier company, or um, somebody maybe who is in um, a hard, let's say they're an engineer at a space company, like they do um, uh, hardware engineering, and they're trying to figure out like how do I actually move earlier. So there's this whole category of people trying to pivot into startups. And then there's a second category of the people who are already in the startup ecosystem and are trying to be intentional on what's next. There's one group of these folks who I would say are at big tech companies and want to be a product manager or want to be kind of whatever they do at a big company, but now do it at a smaller company. There are people who are already at early stage startups and feel like, okay, well, they could go get a job at another early stage startup that's through their network, or they can actually be intentional about what they want and trying to map that out um, as they're thinking about the next step on their journey. One question that, that people often have when they're when they're at a job is like, what's the right time to leave? When, when do you know for sure? Do you have any frameworks or advice for advising people on, uh, you know, when you know, you know, or, or, hey, you're getting a little bit too ahead of yourself? Some of it comes down to personal financial circumstances. Right. So if somebody needs to have a job, which is the majority of people, it is important to go through the process with the intention of I'm going to look for something while I am at my current job. And then when I find the right opportunity, I'm going to jump. Now, it's a lot of work for people who are have full time jobs and are also looking for a job. Then uh, at night on the weekends, um, maybe on a lunch break, if they're working from home right now the opportunity to take calls and meetings and to then decide what they're going to do next. However, um, uh, for other people who, let's say, maybe they're in a situation where their company has closed this year, and they're, uh, they now need to figure out what to do next, um, because uh, they have been laid off from their job. I think there's an opportunity to really kind of self reflect and do a, an intense networking period before jumping into what does that person want next. What else do you talk about uh, when when you do career coaching? What are some common advice or frameworks you find yourself giving that we uh, we haven't yet covered? Oftentimes, people will jump right into a resume and think that they need an amazing resume in order to get their next job. And sometimes that's true. There are many companies that care a lot about resumes. However, think about the process of how you're going. You're likely to get in front of somebody at a company. Um, what's even more valuable than this perfectly polished resume? is going to be a blurb about yourself. That blurb can maybe be four or five sentences, not super long. Couple sentences about your background, of the things that you've done in the past and what you bring to the table, and then a couple sentences of what you're looking for. And if you include that blurb when you're communicating with people to share and shape that narrative of what you're, um, of what you want to do and what you bring to the table, it increases the likelihood people will understand you in the process. And then furthermore, when you are asking for connections or referrals to other people, sharing a blurb in a forwardable email allows you as the job seeker to drive the narrative of what you're looking for in your search. And furthermore, it increases your likelihood of actually getting the introductions you want because you've now just made it so much easier for the introducer to hit forward on your email, say, this person's great. I really think you should spend a few minutes with them. And that allows you to now uh, move forward in your job search or getting in front of a specific company or person who can be helpful to you. Um, but people who focus too much on things like resume 
sometimes ignore the importance of a blurb, of a forwardable email, of a LinkedIn presence or a Twitter presence that is going to differentiate you. And especially when you're looking at early stage startups, those are the types of things that get you a job, um, even more so than a resume. A resume is kind of table stakes. Any other common uh, mistakes or misconceptions that, that come to mind? Yeah. When someone is in an interview process, one of the things that I see job seekers do is kind of wait to figure out what's next and wait to hear from the company. And especially at early stage startups, a lot of job seekers don't realize how much they can drive a process intentionally. And so said a bit more specifically, one way to do that is many startups have case studies associated with their recruitment processes. Um, if you are meeting with a company and you're trying to, you've maybe had a couple of conversations that have gone well, and you're trying to figure out how do I move this forward? How do I indicate that I am the right person for this job? Even if that company doesn't 100% know what they're hiring for yet, put together a pitch, put together a um, either a written or a verbal pitch of these. Here's my understanding of what you've said are the key pain points that the company's facing right now. And here's how I can help to solve those. Like, here's a project that I would want to take on. And here's some of the deliverables um, associated with my job. And here's how it'll either drive revenue or reduce costs or drive profits. You as the job seeker can help drive the company's process forward. Um, it's harder to do at big companies when um, recruitment processes tend to be more structured. But at earlier stage companies, job seekers don't realize how much power they hold, especially if they are high skill individuals and in-demand individuals. And that's a lot of our plan for OD50, for the first 50 fellowship, is helping people realize that when you're talented, you have a lot of power in the recruitment process. And it's figuring out how do you harness that to get the job you actually want next. And and how do you think about the, the tension between some people think they might want to start a company versus might want to join a company? And, you know, people in the, in the regular fellowship right now um, who are thinking that and, and we're, you know, going to going to separate that a little bit to, to better target people uh, or better give, you know, offer people what, what, what they're looking for. But how do you advise people who are sort of in, in the in-between? It's fluid for entrepreneurial people. Oftentimes, I would put myself in that category. Um, I've been building my own company for the majority of this year and then have just decided to take a full time job instead, um, working with the on deck team. And my process matches a lot of the processes of the colleagues I've spoken to in the founder fellowship, where they've been thinking about founding something. But in the absence of either finding the right co-founder or idea, um, at some point, they're like, okay, maybe I should get a job. Other people, um, like myself, were really focused on community and culture and the ability to have a greater impact by having people around as opposed to um, kind of driving something from scratch. I think it also depends. There's an ego component associated with founding a company. And I think part of that is some people want to be the founder. They want to be the CEO. They want to be kind of the name on the virtual door. And then other people are comfortable being in that role, but also don't feel like they have to be in that role. And so I think there is some fluidity there around kind of mission aligned people want to work with other people who care about the same things they do. Um, and so naturally, there will be um, fluidity between the founder fellowship and on deck as well as the first 50. And then outside of the on deck kind of infrastructure, just as people go through the journey um, of reflection on what do they want at certain stages of their career. We haven't actually mapped this out yet for um, On Deck First 50 because we're still in the launching process. But in the future, there definitely will be some element of um, kind of transferable sessions and content and um, people between the programs to naturally reflect the, the fact that a lot of 
people who are entrepreneurial are excited about early stage, and that could be founding something that could be joining on somebody else's rocket ship. And it's less important which it actually is. It's more important that they're with people they care about, and they're aligned with a mission that matches what they want to do in the next stage of their career. That's awesome. But my, my quick two, two cents on for people who are, you know, undecided, one framework I like to have is, hey, like, if your dream is to start a company, um, and, and you're, you know, able to take the financial runway to do so, um, you know, the best way to learn to start a company is, is often to, to start a company if that's what you want to do right now. If you're like, oh, actually, I would prefer to, you know, be in a company and learn certain skills or, or the job that I'm being offered, you know, like we have it on deck is sort of like very entrepreneurial where you're sort of like a mini CEO within that company. And I'm, and I joining this company are going to build skills and network faster than, than I could, uh, at, at starting something that then to do that. I, I've had both experiences. You know, I, I was a first employee at Product Hunt. Um, and, uh, there's no way on deck could have started without having that experience. It was just such a accelerator in terms of personal network building, in terms of seeing, you know, uh, what a great CEO looks like and a company scale a, a bit during that phase. I think that tends to be, you know, at startups in, in the first 50, I think that's very different from, you know, working at Microsoft or, or Google. And that's not to say there aren't like, you know, super high spe- growth special roles there, but that's, you know, my, my quick take. That, that resonates a lot. This I, this idea that some people absolutely want to found something. For many other people, they're excited about the idea, but aren't really sure what that'll look like, or perhaps don't have the financial runway to take such a big personal risk. Being employee number five at a company is getting in on the ground floor, right? Like you're, you are building the plane as it flies. Absolutely. Like I guess for on deck, I'm employee, what, 25 or so every day. There is something new that is happening, some of which is kind of in the areas that I care about around kind of launching this new fellowship for job seekers. Other things are just at any small company, everything changes every day. Um, and so you have to want that environment. And it's okay to be employee number one, employee number five, employee number 50, or founding the company. It doesn't need to be one or the other. Yeah, you're an interesting uh, sort of case study here because you you had started uh, a, a, a company pre- previously in, in this space, and we had a no- number of sort of uh, you know entrepreneurial types who were working on projects before before they joined us, and realized that within sort of the the on deck ecosystem, they would just have more likely chance of success and more infrastructure while also remaining entrepreneurial and uh, you know be, being an entrepreneur and and having that that upside. Absolutely. I want to say probably more than a third of us who now work on the staff are people who went through the founder fellowship. Um, and it also helps us to design experiences for our fellows that reflect what we felt and the kind of the feedback we had as, um, as people going through the programs as well. Um, I spent a lot of my first month uh, working on our experience team, which is a hundred percent focused on how do we increase value to our fellows every day. And embedding with them and understanding kind of what is the mindset of people who go through the Founder Fellowship and are actually open to the idea of joining a company, how do we build content and programming for them, was amazing user research for what OD50 will look like. But it also was a way that we can add direct value. And that type of entrepreneurial environment was something that I, I was definitely seeking. If if this company was uh, was had another zero on the number of people behind it um, or working at it, I don't think it would have been the right fit for me now because I really wanted something if I was going to get a job that's early stage because that's the point of my career um, that I, I'm excited about. 
Totally. So let's uh, let's get back to the OD50 program. Give, give more context what people can expect from being a part of the program, out- outcomes as a result of it, and uh, you know what it might look like going forward. I am, I'm really excited for it. I think we are learning from the core founder fellowship and implementing the same process. So I think of that as first having content that is delivered by experts in various parts of the space. And then second, wrapping around a community of amazing people. Um, so to go into each of those a little bit more on the, um, on the expert led content, what we're envisioning for OD50 is that some of it will be job search related, right? The mechanics of how do you tell a really compelling story. How do you interview? How do you negotiate your compensation? So hearing from negotiation experts and actually getting coached by them to make sure when you are getting a job, you increase your likelihood that you're going to maximize the financial component of what that looks like. Um, so that's one piece of the content. The other piece of the content is really, um, I would say, designed for people who are pivoting into startups and trying to better understand the startup ecosystem. Um, whether that's kind of learning more about what startups in France look like because oh, it's a global fellowship or it's understanding what if you've been a consultant, what are the types of roles you could do at startups with your skill set? So it's really navigating what that ecosystem looks like. Um, and so that's the first piece really around kind of expert led content. And then the second is on community. So I, one of the things that I found in the founder fellowship was that I was able to contribute in certain places. And then really derive a ton of value from other people going through the fellowship. Um, so said more specifically, at one point this summer, I was thinking through um, coach supply growth as the biggest um, uh, kind of challenge in my business. And so I went into our internal directory tool and I found a couple of people who had done supply growth at Airbnb and Uber because those are the people I wanted to learn from. Um, and so I reached out to them and had conversations where they helped give advice on how I could grow my business um, in this space. Um, flip side of that is I'm personally not interested in building a business in the uh, fintech space or more specifically in kind of wealth tech, which is my area. Um, but I happen to have a lot of knowledge about it because that's where I spent my career. So almost every week I was doing a couple of conversations with people in the founder fellowship who were trying to build in the space that I happen to know a lot about. And so would spend time with them on their ideas because we all kind of act in this really mutually beneficial community. Um, OD50 will be similar in that the people coming in will have their own areas of expertise. Um, and it's really a group of how do we help each other to grow? Um, we're talking about it in the context of somebody's career. So how do we help people get jobs? But more broadly, how do we um, encourage communities of people who share similar interests, whether that's kind of an interest for ed tech or wanting to go really deep into um, kind of, let's say, hardware engineering, right? Like we um, bring together a community of diverse individuals and then help them push each other to find the right things using the expert-led content. I mean, it's amazing because your case study is really an inspiration, not just starting something before what we discussed, but you spent 10 years at Goldman and there are a lot of people who've, you know, maybe spent, uh, you know, a lot of time at a, at a certain place or in a certain industry and think it's uh, it's too late to to make the transition, but it's never too late. 100% agree. It's never too late. I had an amazing experience at Goldman. Like it, I found a place that for me was the right culture fit. The people were awesome. And even though I didn't necessarily like what I was doing on um, probably many of my days there, I still really liked the people. And I felt like I was part of a crew and part of a squad. So I didn't want to leave. And then it really took kind of deciding like, okay, well, if I'm making the wrong decision here, I can always go back. And that was the 
I, that's advice I got from mentors at Goldman um, and elsewhere of like, well, if this doesn't work out, if you decide to take this other journey and go try to join a small company and figure out what you want out of your life, and then if you decide in a year or two, like, oh, that was a mistake, like, I really should have just kept my job. It's like, the company will still be here. So just come back. Um, and I think that that's the benefit of building strong relationships with a wide cross section of people. And then you have opportunities like that to return. Um, and so I, I very much agree with your point that it's never too late for somebody to decide they want to jump on something else. Some people know very quickly in a year or two of professional experience that they're looking for something else. Um, others of us, it takes a little longer, um, but it's really about how do you develop skill sets in that period of time that ultimately will um, lead to the next thing, as you described kind of your experience going from product hunt, like on deck wouldn't exist in this format, if not for the experience you had at product hunt, um, I would have never had the ability um, or confidence to start my own business if I hadn't spent a decade at Goldman. Love it. Maybe in, 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 in closing here, you, you uh, in, in, before the chat, you were talking about a tool that you, you wish existed in the space that, that you want us to, to or that, that we plan to offer. What do you talk about it? Yes, thank you. Um, there are uh, two tools that I think of as important for the job search and that don't exist in a um, kind of great format right now for individual job seekers. Um, the first is a reverse ATS. So think about an applicant tracking system as something that companies use to help uh, manage the thousands of candidates who they have coming through their funnel. I think of a reverse ATS as what a job seeker uses to manage the opportunities that they're considering um, and how they move them through their own funnel. Most job seekers have a version of an Excel sheet or an Airtable where they um, they will track the opportunities they're considering. That's really not nimble enough for how dynamic the job search is and how things stop and start. And you want to follow up uh, on certain dates with certain people for different opportunities and companies. And so I think we uh, there right now on the market kind of lacks a really great solution for a reverse ATS that's job seeker facing, um, but is something that we are working actually potentially with an on deck uh, founder company um, in order to um, leverage for our on deck first 50 fellows. Um, and then the second thing I would throw out there um, in this kind of request for startups category would be a way to reliably scrape career pages, company career pages for relevant and available roles that somebody might want to consider. Um, most people have LinkedIn job alerts set uh, and other types of um, tools like that. But remember that a company doesn't necessarily post all their jobs there. So the company career page, in most cases, tends to be the source of truth. Um, there's not an easy way to go through and actually scrape all of those pages, summarize them, and then make them relevant to a job seeker. So that's something else that we're kind of thinking through. But to the extent there's anybody listening who feels like there is an amazing solution, I would love to hear about it because it's something we're thinking about for OD50. Awesome. And and, and where could you expect the uh, the OD50 program to go? You know, six months from now, a year from now, what uh, what, what could it look like? I'm really excited about this because I think that there's so much potential. When we think about the um, startup ecosystem, there's so much focus on founders and there's a ton of content. There's a lot of available resources, mentors, people, programs like ODF um, and others that really focus on founders. Um, there are fewer types of programs, resources, um, kind of people out there who are really public and excited about the idea that like, yes, I'm an early employee and like I shaped this company. Like I, I helped to build this company alongside the founders. And so we're really, we're building a community around that idea. And with that as kind of the mindset, I think there are a lot of different places we can go. 
part of it is going to be around um, kind of coaching of like, how do we ensure that there is an appropriate amount um, kind of coaching as part of this program? Um, that's obviously a big piece of my background and what I've um, been spending uh, most of this year on. And I think that there's definitely an opportunity with um, the OnDeck team. There's also a lot of synergies between the programs we're building. So um, things like our Founder Fellowship, founders have jobs at their companies. Um, our Angel Fellowship, angels have portfolio companies that have jobs that are available. Um, in our Seed Fellowship of focusing on um, companies who maybe are at a Seed stage or an A stage, they have even more jobs available. And so one of the things that I'm really excited about is how do we build the most impressive talent ecosystem that supports early stage companies and help these early hires to kind of be empowered with figuring out what they actually want so that when they get into the, the job, they are so ready for it and they outperform and they are, um, they are the people who transform a founder's kind of idea and company into reality. Um, and so I th I'm, I'm really excited for the journey ahead because I think that there are a lot of ways that we can really become central to the early stage startup ecosystem by having the best people as part of the cohort. Yeah. I mean, at the same time, we're launching or have launched the, uh, the, the on deck fellowship for seed and series A founders. Uh, you know, we hope we have some of the most promising companies or we believe we have some of the most promising companies, uh, inside of it. And, and so, uh, one of the ideas we're, we're, we're playing with that would be awesome to do is a sort of a reverse talent demo day. Where we, uh, you know, allow sort of uh, some of the folks from uh, uh, from from the fellowship who are CEOs to pitch their companies to the people in OD50, and it could be, a, you know, that's just one example of of a synergy there. Definitely, it's awesome. Cool, Anthony. Well, this is uh, this has been a great episode. Thank you for coming on. Uh, for people who want to know more uh, about, about the program, where, where might you point them? I would go to beyonddeck dot com. It has all of the information. Um, the applications are now open for OD50, and we've just officially launched. Um, the first cohort will start in January. Um, it's a rolling admission process, so we, as we have um, our first batches of applicants, we will be admitting people. And so, um, formal application deadline is likely to be in late December, but most of the class will likely be filled before that. So, would encourage people to reach out to apply online. Beyonddeck.com. Awesome. Anthony, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Eric. If you're an early stage entrepreneur, we'd love to hear from you. Check us out at villageglobal.vc.